What is up, West Virginia? This is our 40th episode of the Mountaineer Media Podcast. So just want to say a quick thank you to all of you and also just congratulations to my two partners, Mason Jack and CJ Harvey. Hey, appreciate it, man. Congrats to you too, Cooper. A lot of hard work we've put into this to make it what it is. And I definitely think I speak for you, Mason, and I when I say that it's hard to believe that we've gotten this far, but we've enjoyed every second of it. And like always, we've got another fun guest today. You've probably heard his voice if you live in the Charleston area. Josh Gaffin is the host of the Afternoon Show on WTSQ, and that's 88.1 on the radio dials. Josh and I also work together at WCHS-TV in Charleston, so we are co-workers, but we are good friends outside of the office as well, and that's kind of one of the reasons we're bringing him on. It's a little different of an episode we've got going on here, but Josh is going to tell us some funny stories about him growing up in Brooklyn, to working for a pirate radio station, and ultimately how he found his way to West Virginia. And I think you'll get a good understanding as to why we consider him just a great member of the community, and we're glad to call him an adopted West Virginian. No question about it. So you're going to love this episode with Josh Gaffin. So after 40 episodes, that's a four followed by a zero. You guys know the drill. Mace, hit the music. shine in West Virginia, but the people always do. Okay, everybody, Josh Gaffin, our guest today, and I'm drinking a little juice. Just had a little Mountaineer roasting coffee not too, too long ago, but uh, Gaff, do you drink coffee? Do you, do you drink juice? What's, uh, man, you are, you are, uh, you know, you've, you've got plenty of natural energy. Does it, do you need any extra, any boost or anything? Can't you tell that I drink coffee by how much I'm twitching? <laughs> you know, the thing is, I didn't drink coffee until I moved to West Virginia. Interesting. I think, I think I had one or two, like, Dunkin' Donuts iced coffees in New York. And when I moved here, I mean, we have so many great coffee places like Taylor Books. And, and I'm like, oh, this is good coffee. Yeah. But I usually... I usually drink coffee before a radio show, which is not a good thing because I don't shut up at the best of times. Um, but the, co- the coffee, the co- even my dog Hazel is like, no, no, stay away from coffee. Um, I drink a lot of juice. And now that our friend Whitney is involved in the juice business, mm-hmm. I do more juice than Jose Canseco. <laughs> is that true? <laughs> I love it. Um, that's funny, man. But uh, so what's going on? Because I know that uh, you, you just uh, had your big fun drive last week for WTSQ. Yes. I know that you're kind of taking some uh, days to chill out here. You know, what, what, how did that go last week? You definitely crushed your goal at TSQ. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about that. And like, what's a, what's a down week for you like? Well, first of all, on behalf of everybody at the radio station, we just want to thank everybody in our community here in, in the Canal Valley and, and really around the world for uh, coming through for us. When we do these fun drives, there's a lot of anxiety, especially over the last 13 months when we know, we know it's pretty rough, you know, generally, but as, as well as economically for everybody. We don't know whether we're going to raise five bucks or whatever. We had a goal 
Chris Long, the president of the station, set a goal of 12,000. And we beat it. I think we're past 16,000 now. Wow. wow. And yeah. we're just, we shouldn't be shocked. We know we, know we have a lot of friends who listen, who, who come through for us. But sometimes I think it's amazing to a lot of us on the radio station. And we have a lot of people behind the scenes as well. It's amazing that people are listening and that people you know, feel that we're a part of the fabric of their day and enough that in a pandemic and everything else that, um, that they can spare us a couple of bucks. But we had a really great week. Um, when we do fund drives or membership drives, it's not about, it's not all about us just saying, hey, give us money. It's about, it's us saying, this is why we're, we, we feel we're important to the community. This is why we enjoy doing this. And we get messages from listeners and people call in that say, hey, this is why we love WTSQ. This is why over the past 16 years, WTSQ has been so important to us. Um, so it's like, it's kind of like our Super Bowl week where everything <laughs> that's good about the radio station, people put on their best, you know, their best shows yeah. um, and everything. And we have a great week. But for me, it's, it's exhausting because... Uh, I usually I do four shows a week. I do five during fun drive, mostly with phone interviews. And as much as I never shut up, there's a lot that goes into talking to four or five people during a three or four hour period. Sure. And while I'm talking and you, you know, you guys know there's messages coming through like how we have to pick records to play. And and I have to rest my deep manly voice sometimes too. <laughs> so I've always taken I've always taken time off after a after a fun drive just just the chill. Mm -hmm. um, but we 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 had such a fun week, and we, we it's it makes us want to come back after a fun drive and do even better. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's the people, our friends, and we don't. I don't like saying we have listeners and stuff. We have people who listen, our friends and family. You know, we want to do better for them. And because of, you know, sparing a couple of bucks these days is not easy, but people have done it. I know people in our audience who are not working that threw us a couple of bucks. Yeah, and that, that's really, really special. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, and, you know, I've, CJ's uh, spoken about you very fondly. And, and of course, we want to just, you know, publicly <laughs> say thank you for supporting us um, so oh, much yes. here at the podcast, but I mean, just from hearing you speak about that, I mean, you have a real sense of, um, value that comes from, you know, community, you know, media and representation and having these like conversations with your, like where you live at and, you know, like getting into issues and, and hearing from people and not just having it just like as a projection of your, your own thoughts and beliefs, but actually like listening to other people, where did that come from? Like, you know, is that something you just become passionate from like a childhood on or like, where did you feel like professionally you? landed in this spot um because I've, I've looked at your wikipedia pages you have and it looks like you've done <laughs> the, the wikipedia page you've done you've done quite a bit but where did all that kind of come from the foundation for that um first of all i was in the radio station once with, with my sister emily bean yeah. and one yeah. of our old hosts um harley harley mm -hmm. wins came up said you know gaffin you have a wikipedia page i'm like <laughs> what wait what and I said she said look at it. I'm like no I, I can't look at this and she said I'm reading it <laughs> and I'm like how the hell did they know that <laughs> um okay so my dad and I think I think I was saying this to CJ the other night at work my dad was a special guy he was an attorney mm -hmm. and he was heavily involved in politics okay. um his business partner was in was in congress and and just and when you're involved in politics, you have to be able to talk to everybody. But most importantly, and this is a cliche, you have to be able to listen. 
And one of the things before I knew this was politics, really, my dad was like, you talk to everybody equally. You mm -hmm. talk to the building janitor the same way as you talk to the president of the country or the president of the business. And nobody is better than anybody else. Nobody is really worse than everybody else. And most importantly, you listen. And especially here in Charleston, especially here in West Virginia, name one person that doesn't have 15 amazing stories that you really want to hear. Mm -hmm. And no matter where you live, whether you live in New York or where I was raised or here in Charleston, community is everything. Whether it's a community of guys at, at where you work or the community involved in the, in the city or the county, it is so important. And you don't always have to agree with each other. You don't always have to like each other, but you have to be able to live with each other and try to understand each other and try to have common ground. And I, as much as I never shut up, I love listening. Mm -hmm. Every, everybody's awesome. I don't, I don't care if, you, if you're in the mines or if you're a lawyer or if you work at a TV station or you a cashier at, at, you know, at Tudors, you are awesome. And mm -hmm. I just, I came here, Chris Long put me on the radio. I had, we weren't really even thinking about me doing interviews, but I'm like, whoa, people in Charles are nuts. They have all these amazing <laughs> stories and they're great storytellers. Even if a CJ comes to me and said, oh, I had a flat on the side of the interstate and you know, I'm like listening and, mm -hmm. and it's, it's great. And West Virginia, Appalachians are great storytellers. Mm -hmm. That's an interesting community is everything. Yeah. It, it is true. I mean, because a lot of West Virginians, um, I think Appalachian culture in general, you're right. I think it, a lot of like stuff is like oral history. A lot of like, you know, like country communities and whatnot do a lot of their their lessons, their values, their their family history. It's often through, you know, like classic around the campfire, but it's mm -hmm. kind of true. It's kind of true in a lot of senses, like being able to tell a story um well and and in listening well is a, an incredible important skill um but you're from new york what brought yes. you to west virginia so, so we were... we often we often classify we call josh the most interesting man in the newsroom uh, <laughs> because born and born and raised in new york and then you know found himself uh, a logan county girl and that's how kind of i mean and here he is in west virginia and he's a, a charlestonian you know? <laughs> so yeah he's got well, stories the for is, days <laughs> the thing is guys is that people are like you moved to west virginia and i had been to west virginia before mm -hmm. i had been to charleston and huntington okay. when i was touring with a bit with a couple of bands years ago people like is was there a big culture shock when you moved to charleston i'm like no people people are the same anywhere like when somebody says oh wow look at them they're burning their trash what do you think of that i'm like oh honey when we burn trash in brooklyn we're we're moving the trash into the intersection before we run <laughs> um but my wife i met my wife uh in new york she is a great 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 granddaughter of devil Ann's hatfield wow. so west virginia is very important to her and her family and she had gone to school in New York. She had gone to Columbia. She had a lot of mutual friends. And she's like, eh, I'm, I'm, I'm not doing New York again. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm never moving further south than 14th Street in Manhattan. And six, three months later, I was here. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's interesting how all that kind of... So Devil, great, what was it? Great, great, what did you say? Great, great... Great, great, great granddaughter of Devil Ann's Hatfield. That's awesome. That's pretty cool. So like... And that's, that's why you don't mess with the, the, the ladies in our family because... <laughs> Especially if your last name is McCoy. Right. There yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And you said that uh, that that's like a very. I mean, everybody knows the Hatfields McCoys, but you said that that even her family today, like that, is still very much a part of their culture too, right? 
Yeah, I think with maybe Caitlin, I'm more interested that she is. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, especially, um, you know, in Logan and Mingo, where her extended family is from. That's, mm-hmm. And it's not just a big deal for them. It's every once in a while on TV, like we've been watching Modern Family. We've been watching the reruns during the pandemic. And they've mentioned Hatfields and McCoys like three times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, Which, that's, that's, that's my wife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so going back to Brooklyn, you said you, you never wanted to move past south of 14th Street. <laughs> what, yeah, I mean, did you... Uh, you know, what was the ultimate kind of reason? It was Caitlin, I'm sure. But, uh, you know, were you nervous to, to, to make the, the voyage down here? I was only as nervous, really kind of in a sense that I was going to miss my friends. And also, when you've lived in a place a long time, a place where your family's from, I'm for, for, you know, New York is a very transient place. Mm-hmm. And you very rarely meet people that are from New York. But my family got there in the 1880s. So, like... I could walk around anywhere in lower Manhattan or in Brooklyn and you know, there's buildings named after friends of my family. So it's like, it's the place is very important to me because it was my, you know, comfort zone. You know, I could walk from one end of Manhattan to the other with my eyes closed probably and know where I was going, but mostly I miss my friends, but with, with the internet, I'm probably better in closer touch with my friends down up there than I am now. I just, I knew I was going to miss my friends. I knew what, what I was, I was going to miss what was comfortable for me. But so many times in life, you just have to try, you have to get out of your comfort zone. What is up, Mountaineer Media Podcast fans? This is the Mountaineer Roasting Coffee Break. And as you guys have already heard, we've partnered with them as we're going to continue to partner with West Virginia small businesses that align with our values. And up there, they're certainly one of them because they're delivering fresh West Virginia roasted coffee right to your door. Or you can stop in and see them in Morgantown. Um, But hey, look, they're offering their coffee still for you because you're a listener of the podcast for 15% off when you go to mountaineerroasting.com so pull up your phone jump on your laptop mountaineerroasting.com and use code media 15 media 15 gets you 15 percent off your online orders at mountaineerroasting.com check them out they've got wonderful options they've got merchandise also so maybe shop get a mug for your coffee grab some espresso beans maybe you like a house roast maybe you're more of a dark roast whatever it is jump over to mountaineerroasting.com use code media 15 because you listen to us we appreciate you so much we want to give you that discount 15% off uh go do it right now see you guys now okay I do want to ask you because this is like a story that I have not heard completely from you but I've always wondered like take us back to the the pirate radio situation (laughs) and so you are you're very young and even because we had talked about this a little bit last or a couple of nights ago about you know, you can't do, you can't do certain things when you're, when you're a pirate radio station. Yes. Um, but that ended up getting in trouble, right? Wasn't there a raid involved as well? And okay. <laughs> maybe I'm getting stories. Let's mixed go up to the here. beginning. Yeah. <laughs> my brother, my brother, Adam, who lives in Boston, who un- unfortunately raised his daughter, a Red Sox fan. I was going to say, you have a brother that lives in Boston? Oh, <laughs> Is his, he still my, your brother? Is that uh... my, my, be- my beautiful niece, Greta. Every time I mention the Yankees, she mentions the 2004 playoffs when we were, when the Yankees were up. Three. Oh my, it's like, 
oh my God. But I almost, I almost called Child Protective Services on my brother about this. <laughs> I don't even ask if she's a Bruins fan because that would, I would probably have a, have a heart attack. <laughs> so my brother was a, um, was a very, when he was a kid, he was very interested in radio, like shortwave radio. And he always listened to the radio and listened to radio stations around the world. So when I was about seven or eight, he was listening to some pirate radio stations in Brooklyn that were on AM radio. And gotcha. what does he do? He has his little brother call in. And I've got tapes of an eight-year-old Josh calling these guys. So years later, I'm 13. I'm not in school. I, 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 because of family issues, um, and this is the sad part, I, I was my mother's caretaker. And I, I, I was pulled out of school. I listened to the radio a lot myself. It was the, you know, my, my friend, my comfort. And it was a Friday night. I'll never forget this. It was like one o'clock in the morning. I'm tuning around FM. And I hear the weirdest audio I ever heard in my life. Guys with Brooklyn accents talking with this giant reverb and echo. I'm like, what is this? And then as, as I'm listening and they're playing oldies music, the station was called WHOT. And they were taking phone calls. And it occurred to me that these were the same guys that my brother listened to years before. So I started listening to these guys regularly. They were on every Friday night, sometimes Saturday night. And then I realized they were part of a community of other pirate radio stations. And I started calling them. And as a 14-year-old, one of them said, let's meet. <laughs> so I met this, this one, of their, one of the top people in that scene. Her name was Randy. She had a radio station in Queens. And she was an old hippie, smoked a lot of pot, did a lot of LSD. <laughs> um, and I, I'm, I'm still to this day teetotal, so this was a whole new other world for me. <laughs> and we became best friends. And even though she was like 15 years older than me, and we used to have 10, 11 hour phone conversations, 11 hours. Remember, it was not in school. Wow. And she taught me about rock and roll. She taught me about audio engineering, about transmitter engineering. And then I started giving, give, letting, these, letting some of these uh, stations give out my home phone number as the, the, the listener line. And then I started okay. going, they, they invited me to the stations. And I never really said anything because I was shy. I just liked being there. But a few years later, Randy says to me, do you know my buddy Alan? I'm like, yeah, Alan had a station in Yonkers. Well, he's bought a boat. And I'm like, great, I, I'm, not, I, I'm not big on fishing because no dumbass. <laughs> He bought a ship, it's in a harbor in Boston, and he's putting a radio station on it. Now in Europe, stations like Radio Caroline were on boats in the North Sea, and there were huge stations that competed with the BBC. Wow. And I'm like, what the living, what? <laughs> so this, this guy, Alan, Alan Wiener is his name, put a radio station with AM, FM, shortwave, and was gonna do TV, and the plan was to, drop anchor off the coast of Long Island. This is 1987, the summer. And we pre-recorded most of the shows. So the boat gets towed down. They start doing transmitter tests. I'm like, oh, this is nuts. Then we start doing regular, regular programming. One in four radio listeners in the New York metropolitan area listened to one of our shows. Wow. We were, we were starting to make newspapers. Um, and then my dad is like, you guys are nuts. You're going to get arrested the whole yes, nine yards. exactly. I said, but dad, it's in international waters. He goes, what do you know about international waters? So one day, maybe four or five days into it, phone rings at like six in the morning, and it's one of our people. Says, 
uh, is your dad awake? I'm like, what happened? And I can hear my dad getting up, knowing exactly what this call was. My dad said, I'll get dressed because the Coast Guard raided the ship, brought these guys into federal court in Brooklyn, and my dad went to get these guys out. Wow. The next day, we were on the front pages of most newspapers in, in America, the New York Times, LA <laughs> Times. Yeah. Johnny, I was sitting there with my dad, <laughs> watching Johnny freaking Carson, and Johnny Carson says, hey Ed, you heard about those radio pirates? And my dad looks at me, and, and, and Ed, Ed McMahon goes, hi and Johnny goes, now that the radio pirates have been busted, you know, Dick Cavett's not gonna have any place to get a job. And my dad looks at me and goes, what the F? <laughs> <laughs> um, so it was nuts. It was nuts. It was like winning the World Series or making the postseason and you haven't even come to bat yet because nobody expected in four or five days of broadcasting that we would have captured the world's attention. And I'm a nutcase 17 year old. I hadn't cut my hair in 10 months. It was, wow. it was bad lum. Yeah. But it really started a conversation that ended up with the FCC many years later, starting what's called the low power FM system, LPFM, which is what WTSQ is. It's a low power community radio station because the point of pirate radio in any country was there are voices in our communities that are not being heard. So mm. with our pirate ship and other pirate radio stations on land, the FCC finally said, we're sick and tired of chasing these guys. Maybe they have a point. Let's give communities more voices on air. Yeah. So that's what, that's what was quote unquote like illegal about it is that you all were just like broadcasting and it wasn't like a, like a like registered, like official thing. And that's what they were nope. like coming after you from. It's like, Hey, like you guys are just broadcasting out and people are tuning in. Okay. I see now. Wow. What a crazy. <laughs> this thing. is hilarious. Let me, let me, uh, so I was just, I did just like a quick, a quick look here. This is, uh, an LA times FCC turns off pirate radio station <laughs> on ship. And this is actually pretty fun. One of the disc jockeys aboard said the ship was being held in place with an anchor so large that the vessel did not have a winch strong enough Listen, to raise it. <laughs> there was no engine on the damn thing either. So wrote out there. That's crazy. So a few days later, my dear, I have a dear friend called Pete and Pete, most, a lot of the people on the radio ship, ended up with real jobs in broadcasting. But Pete, after the ship was raided, somebody had to stay on the boat because the law of the sea says if you abandon your vessel, anybody can. So Pete stayed on the boat. <laughs> so one day Pete wakes up and the boat is listing. And he's like, oh God. Um, he couldn't start the pump to pump out the, 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 the water. Then he realized he couldn't get the ship to shore radio to work because the battery was dead. <laughs> and obviously he couldn't raise the anchor because the, you know, the, he couldn't raise that damn right. thing. And he also couldn't, even if he could, he couldn't take the boat anywhere because the boat had, didn't have a working engine. <laughs> Jesus. Now I was on that boat once after the raid and we went out there on a little tender that we had. It was called the Jane. Um, a few weeks later, a wave hit the Jane and the Jane split in two and went to the bottom of the Atlantic. Um, this boat was not seaworthy. This <laughs> boat was, not, it was called the Sarah. It was not seaworthy. Had there been a storm, had we made it to the fall or the winter and there was hurricane, oh my, uh, no. Yeah, Hurricane Sandy <laughs> would have ripped that thing apart. Oh, so how, how big was the radio equipment? Just like a small, like, was it not like a huge like setup? And it was just like. It was a professional radio facility with transmitters that could oh, go wow. thousands of watts, wow. a real, on a little real boat. studio. It was a ship. It was actually a, oh, 
yeah, it was a freighter. Oh, I'm picturing like a boat. Like we're wow. talking about. No, wow, no, wow, this wow. thing was this old. Uh, I, I think it was a trawler. Okay. Wow. Wow. That was registered in Honduras <laughs> because the thinking was that the United States government couldn't raid a foreign vessel. Foreign vessel. But boy, this is insanity. Wrong. This is crazy. But the radio station itself sounded. If you were listening and you were listening to our top 40 radio stations, you wouldn't have known the difference. The That's point crazy. of all these fellas on, and, and Randy on the radio ship where they were professional. They might have been radio pirates, but they were professionals. They were as good as anybody on any radio station. Alan, who owned the ship, is a professional radio engineer. So on FM, the station sounded great. Yeah. Um, the music was great. The, the, the announcers were great. Um, so when people were listening, we're like, what is this? What is this hippie music? Or what is this? We're playing the Smiths or something. And then they heard that it was on a boat. They're like, wait, what? <laughs> no, it was a full, fully professional operation. Is, that's so crazy. Wow. That's insane. Here I got, I'll, I'll show just, uh, another quick thing here. This, these are some oh my God. <laughs> pictures from, this is really cool though. Well, okay. That's, but this is, uh, you'll see Randy there. That says well. it's Randy. Yeah. And, and Ivan. Oh my God, Ivan, bless his heart. There was, a, there was a, an electronics chain that was based in Brooklyn called Crazy Eddie. Okay. And Crazy Eddie had these famous commercials. The Beastie Boys had like the guy, Crazy Eddie, in a video. And the thing was, our prices are so low, it's insane. So <laughs> Ivan was wearing a Crazy Eddie shirt. He was on the boat when the ship was busted. And that Crazy Eddie shirt was in newspapers and TV all around the world. It was hysterical. <laughs> Wow. Oh my gosh. So you're wow. 17. So this, like, this maybe set you, would it be fair to say, set you on like a, a rebellious, like, you know what? I'm just going to do it type <laughs> mentality. Like, you're like, no, you see, okay. My rebellion, my dad had always wanted me to rebel. He wanted me to drink. He wanted me to party. And I was like working in the music industry starting when I was like 15. Yeah. And I never drank. My job was to get people home. And I fell asleep at punk shows, at CBGBs. My rebellion was not to rebel. Okay, interesting. Um, I was just a radio and a music nerd. Mm -hmm. But like, I never had a rebellious bone in my body and that's actually drove my dad crazy. Wow, <laughs> wow. But that's funny because your dad is very, it sounds like he's very by the books, obviously that was his, his job, but he wanted his son to be very anti-establishment. <laughs> he was by the book, but he was also pretty, on edge he yeah. represented he like when he passed away his law partner said to me he said josh she said josh you know what your dad wasn't a millionaire i'm like oh god why i said because he never charged anybody he <laughs> would you know he would represent people he met in the subway or he would represent somebody who would literally pay him 600 bucks an hour he as long as he had a, a, a place to live and, and food he was fine but he always represented people that were on the edges of society so like in his business Maybe he wasn't as outwardly edgy, but he was, you know, he was pretty punk rock for a guy that fought in the Second World War. Mm -hmm. That's funny, though, because I, I feel like everything that we've talked about to this point and just for, you know, how long I've known you, you kind of embody that as well. That definitely seems like it was passed from your dad to you, just oh, in yeah. a different way. Um, I, I don't, you know, like none of us should. I don't judge anybody by their money or what they do. As long as you're a good person, as long as you're a Yankee fan, I'm good with you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Actually, speaking of which, have you, uh, are you a big fan of Always Sunny um, in Philadelphia? 
<laughs> yes. So there was an episode yes. that I just happened to come across last night, and and it was actually one I have not seen the show through and through, so I can't speak to the, the entire series. But it was this episode where they were flying uh, from New York out to L.A., and it, it's yes. the Wade Boggs story. And oh, my they're God. trying to drink as many beers as that Wade Boggs story is, and then go go play baseball. Do you think Wade Boggs actually drank sixty beers on a flight to the coast okay. and then hit three hundred? <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't that wouldn't surprise me because Wade Boggs is a wild man but however have you guys read the book that was written about the 1986 New York Mets no this was this wasn't a ball club this was a street gang okay, okay. and airplanes being trashed fights and they were the best damn team in baseball and you know beat the beat the Red Sox beat Wade, beat Wade Boggs and the Sox yeah um but that was that was a I mean, guys like Lenny Dykstra, I mean, I mean, criminals who were playing for the Mets. That was, a t if you want to talk about drinking, uh, you know, and going to play ball, that, that was <laughs> That's the it. Okay, okay. So is there, is there any love lost when a guy goes from the, the Sox to the Yankees from your perspective or vice versa? Well, I love Johnny Damon. I remember when Johnny was on the Red Sox and the Yankees had given them a pretty good beating. This was around the time when... Pedro Martinez gets on TV and starts rambling about sitting under a palm tree in the Dominican, <laughs> waiting for a bus and saying, you know, the Yankees are chanting, who's, you know, who's your daddy? Yeah, who's um, your daddy? <laughs> Johnny Damon had like a, a, a clubhouse meeting where he just sat there and said, you know what? The Yankees kicked our ass. I'm like, <laughs> I like this guy. And when he came to the Yankees, um, my dad and I went to see him play. He was playing left field and we're right like by the left, left field wall. And Johnny, Johnny looked like he had ants in his pants. And my dad looked at me and said, hey, Sonny, finally a Yankee, he's more twitchier than you are. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I have no problem with that. As long as they play. I mean, we had Jacoby Ellsbury. Yep. He couldn't play, but I was happy to have him. And when Pedro Martinez, the most hated Red Sox of all time, came to the Mets, we rooted for him. Yeah, it's true. It's very because true. It's, all, it's all fun. You know, when, when like Jeter went to Fenway and they're all screaming at him. It's because they, they secretly love him. And they, if he was a terrible player, they wouldn't be screaming at him. Hey guys, another quick coffee break. Hopefully you're enjoying these, uh, you know, these cool stories from Josh. He's uh, certainly someone who has been in West Virginia. He, of course, as you guys have learned, is not from here, but he's made this place his home. And that's what we got to encourage. I know we all saw the report that, you know, the population in West Virginia declined. I think it was like 3.5%. That's not good, right? We don't want that because if we have less people here, that means less people uh, spending money in our local businesses and supporting the communities that we live in. So we need new people coming into West Virginia and Josh has made it his home and he's done incredible work so shout out to Josh of course for all of what he does and coming on today um, but also shout out to Mr. B I know you guys have heard Mr. B we've said it so many times but you know we couldn't say it enough because they sponsor us and they put their money their resources their time and energy into West Virginia like think about that like it's not we just take that stuff for granted that companies and individuals and you know philanthropists are willing to put their money and their their time and their efforts into our state to make it a better place to live and they certainly did that with us so shout out to mr b uh the only chip that's made in west virginia you can order it online go to like your piggly wiggly i think they're at more like local gas stations uh grocery stores and 
whatnot in the state of West Virginia. Snag them. Mr. B Chips, they've got all kinds of flavors. Thank you so much to them. But also, quickly, let me say, hey, look, our bloggers, they're still putting in the work. They are still putting out incredible articles. If Clearly, you're listening to this uh, because I am. Uh, you're hearing my voice right now. But if you are also a reader, then go ahead and read some of their blogs, uh, mountaineermedia.org. And of course, that's where you can shop. All of our merchandise is over on mountaineermedia.org as well. All right, guys, I will quit talking and we will finish out this episode with Josh Gaffin here on the Mountaineer Media Podcast. It is funny in baseball how, how that works because uh, a buddy of mine that I know is a, a, a diehard, diehard Sox fan. I'm sorry. He has, he has a Jeter poster and he, <laughs> he loves the Jeter poster. So it's like, even in that regard, it's like, why do you have this dude? He said, I hate the Yankees, but I can respect Derek Jeter. So it's just, it's, you know, it's, it's funny. The Sox-Yankees rivalry and, and really the New York-Boston rivalries, I think are just so interesting and unique because it really is a, don't wear your, don't wear anything New York and Boston and vice, you know, don't wear any oh, no, red and blue my, New York. My dad took the family up to Boston once and my nephew, Jeremy, who's from DC, is a Nationals fan, mm-hmm. happened to be wearing a Yankees hat mm-hmm. and they went out to eat. And like the waiter asked my dad, can you get your grandkid to take off that hat? <laughs> <laughs> if it was me, I'd be That's like, funny. fight me. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You can take it off me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Try to. The only thing, I mean, maybe West Virginia Pitt. I don't know if we're that, yeah, uh, yeah. that rivalry. Similar. I will, never, I will never hear Sweet Caroline the same way again. Yeah, yeah. no, that's true. That, that's yeah. very true. And it's a mistake when other people play it. If you were around West Virginia <laughs> people, it's you're a mistake. You're going to yell, eat shit pit in the middle of a restaurant. And nobody's <laughs> expecting that. Nobody's <laughs> right. expecting that. And then they're like, who are these hooligans that they lit in? They right. could play Sweet Caroline in Australia or in the Fiji Islands if there's a West Virginian there. It's just yep. muscle memory. Yeah, yeah, it is. No, that's exactly right. That's Josh, let me ask you about what, back to West Virginia. I mean, we're at, I think, a time in our state where it's like we're, you know, like I think I just saw like a recent report where like we, our population like shrank. Like we, we yes. lost people into the state. Um, you know, and the state is doing some like eye catching things with like these like, you know, paying people to come here and trying to like generate attention. Um, and, you know, then of course a lot of people were frustrated with like the, the state legislator like passing what doesn't seem or focusing on issues that don't seem like they're going to help or promote, you know, inclusion, diversity, you know, business and in, into the state. Um, the conversations that you're having with people, you know, inside of West Virginia, maybe you could share some of those or, or what, in your opinion, what is the current state of, of, I guess, like the attitude or, or feelings of the community within West Virginia, if you can. Well, I try not to get too much into West Virginia politics or Charleston politics on the show because one, what the hell do I know? I'm just an idiot who plays <laughs> records and rants for three hours a day. But we have a lot of people, not just on my show, but throughout WTSQ. We have a fellow on Sundays called Dan Hyman. Uh, Mountain State Update is a show, and he has a lot of people from the communities, and sometimes he has, you know, politicians on. Um, I can't think of the state as a whole. Mm-hmm. I, don't know much, I don't know a lot of West Virginia. I can only think of Charleston and the Kanawha Valley. And I see a lot of good people here in Charleston doing good things, trying to bring people together. Um, And we have to, not just here in Charleston, but around the country, we have to try to find more common ground. Also, the diversity issue and things like women's reproductive rights issues Mm -hmm. um, need to be addressed 
before we think we're going to get like when I moved here, but people were like, well, you got all your, your dopey rock and roll friends from Williamsburg. Why don't you have them move down to Charleston where the rent <laughs> is next to nothing yeah, and they yeah. can get a rehearsal space for a hundred bucks a month. And I'm like, one, they need jobs in a place like New York. You can get a job in one of a million coffee shops. We, yeah. Unfortunately, right now we don't have that here in the Canal Valley, especially after pandemic. But there are a lot of social issues, which I think Charleston is not only leading West Virginia, but leading in certain respects of the country on. They need to get better. If we're gonna bring people here and bring a diverse group of people here, we have to make sure these people not only feel welcome, but feel safe. And I don't think, not just Charleston, a lot of places, I don't think we are necessarily there yet. Um, we are getting there. Yeah. We are getting there. Again, I can't speak for any of the panhandles, really can't speak for the coal fields, but here in Charleston, we're a somewhat progressive city mm. and we are doing good things. And I think our business leaders here, um, I speak to Chuck Hampshire from the Purple Moon a lot. Mm -hmm. um, everybody's doing their thing to make this a more inclusive, friendlier place to be. And that is how we are going to attract businesses, um, you know, more people wanting to go to UC or Marshall or any of the extension campuses here. We have to make it safe, even if it's just emotionally safe. We're going to have the new, the, the, the new, newly reformed West Virginia power. Um, we have an amazing radio station, WTSQ. Um, we, there's no reason why Charleston in the future can't be like, like Asheville and yeah. get, you know, more businesses here and get more touring artists, like bands here. Right. It, it is really up to us. Yeah. You know, if we keep waiting for, you know, Governor Justice or who or the, the, the House or the Senate, no, we have to do it ourselves. Each of us here in the Kanawha Valley need to do our bit to make this a more, a more friendly, inclusive and business friendly place. We need to support our small businesses. If we're not supporting our small businesses, why would an outside mom and pop shop or even a chain want to come to Charleston right. if they point. don't think any, I mean, we have everything we need physically. I mean, come on, you guys are West Virginians. Look how beautiful, you know, we can go for a walk in the city of Charleston along the boulevard. Wind, if it's, we have a hurricane, a blizzard, it's still one of the most beautiful places in the world. Yeah. We have the airport, uh, our friend Chris Williams and all those, that crew up there doing great things. It's up to us. Mm -hmm. Don't necessarily, don't necessarily rely on government. Yeah, no, I, I, dude, I, I completely agree with that. And that's what I often get, not frustrated, but I, I, I when people like, because I think the, the modern day culture of stuff, and maybe not to generalize too much on social media, it's just, honestly, just complain about the, the state of whatever something is. It's just easier yep. to be like, oh, did you see what the, the, this senator or governor said, and they're going to do this? Well, why don't you just start a nonprofit? Why don't you lead a group? Why don't you just like do, like have actions? And I always like asking that question, because like you said, like, you necessarily can't speak for the whole state, but believe it or not, like, I mean, I think hearing a collective or hearing time after episode after episode of our guests, like say they're like what they're passionate about West Virginia, it slowly starts to sink in that like, wait a second, like these national headlines that like seep into our brain that West Virginia is like stupid, backwards, not good, it, you know, not a good place to live. Like those slowly start to, you know, chip away at that. Even the feeling that I think West Virginians internalize because they hear it from like outside forces that this state is not a good place. But like, wait a second, like listen to your neighbor, listen to the community, like walk down your street and go walk into a cool small 
small business and listen to them talk about how, you know, kinship goods, like why did they start? Like all these cool little things. Yep. So I always like asking that, man. I think you hit it. I think you hit it, you know, right well, on the okay. head with that. For instance, to bring it back to the radio station, Chris Long is like, there's no good. I mean, we do have good radio. I'm sorry. We do. There are West Virginia Public Broadcasting, our friends at V100, the whole nine yards. They're, they're great at what they do. But Chris Long, our president and founder is like, there's something missing on the radio here. Hey, I'll start a damn radio station. Mm -hmm. And he did. <laughs> Kinship goods, fill the need. Um, um, Hillary and those guys, we could all do this. But let yeah. me just say one thing, talking about social media posts. If I can suggest something to my, my, my family and my friends here in Charleston and in, and in the Kanawha Valley, either stay the hell off of Facebook. If you can't say kind things to each other yeah whether it's on you know where cj and i work whether it's the comment section on our, on our workplaces facebook whether it's the radio station whether it's personal things if cj posts something and i'm like grr cj i'm gonna send cj a message and say what the hell dude or hey can we get, go out for a cup of coffee and talk about this <laughs> knock off knock off the facebook bs <laughs> come on because we're all we're all internet tough guys myself included I mean, I get into these, these rants about cake and puppies and kittens that are vicious. But <laughs> one of the things is living in a small valley like we do. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Charleston's not a village. It's a, it's a, it's a capital city. Mm -hmm. But we all have to live with each other, guys. We all have to see each other at Kroger, at the, at the Power Game, at Live on the Levee. If, you've got, if, if you find yourself about to say something really, really, really stupid to somebody on Facebook, take a breath have a drink of water or whatever it is you like to drink. If, you're, if, you, if you still feel angry or upset five minutes later, send the person, even if you don't know me, if it's Cooper or CJ or Whitney Wetzel, send them a private message on Facebook. Have as polite a conversation as you have because we're going to run into each other on the street. Not saying we're going to get into a fist fight, but this is how we make a friendly community. We don't all have to agree with each other to, to, to be a community. But there's too much, especially here, too much of, you're an idiot. Right. Like, yeah. We, we yep. can't do that anymore. Yeah. Right. No, there is that sense of a, a growing divide. And at some point, it's got to get to a point where it starts going the other way. At least you hope. And, oh, yeah. uh, my, my dad said to me on the early, in the early days of the internet, when it was just like Usenet bulletin board groups, he said, Josh, don't say, any, don't say anything to somebody online that you wouldn't say to their face. I'm like, great, yeah. It, well, it's easier to say mean Wisdom. things on the internet, too. It's easier to exactly. me be like, you know, like, screw you, Josh. I, maybe if I wouldn't say that in person, it's easier for me just to, like, type that in a comment section because it's not, I don't have any personal accountability. You can't challenge my idea. I can just post it and run away. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it, that's just not, I mean, social media, you know, and I don't want to talk about it because we use it. I mean, we've seen the, the good side the of tool. it yeah, well, as sure. a tool to connect. Um, <clears throat> but there is merit to thinking like, okay, if we were all sitting around downtown would i say that to bill across the street or would i not say that to bill across the street like, like let's think about it through the lens of that because if you can use it correctly it can unite people and, and you know obviously we've seen the power of that through the pandemic um, yes yeah yeah okay all right tell us the the uh the coffee story here you didn't drink coffee until you really got to west virginia how did that even like I, i'm still confused about that I, i'm i'm shocked Mountain roasting coffee—you can get some of that, right? Yeah, now. yeah, I think we could probably blame Taylor Books for that. Yeah, there you go. So God bless Taylor Books. But oh, for, for for many many reasons, being one of the anchors, um, you know, Godzilla could walk down the Kanawha River, and Taylor's would still be open for a good cup of coffee. Um, I don't know what it was. I think when I moved here, I suffered from, 
you know, anxiety and, and, and depression and I couldn't keep my eyes open. And I started to say, okay, I'll, I'll let me try some coffee. And then Caitlin and I started going to the Sheets in South Charleston and they, they, they've got good coffee and, and Keeley Steele's places have good coffee. And I just started realizing, hey, this is a mood elevator for me. So I don't drink a lot of coffee and I don't eat as much sugar as I say I do on the radio because <laughs> I've got enough problems as it is without that. But like, I, I find when I'm starting to get a little down is, you know, listen, it's, if you work in the media, Cooper CJ, CJ knows this. And CJ is not only a sports guy, but they've had CJ report hard news before. The last 13 months, for any of you guys that are in front of a camera or behind a microphone or producers or directors or anybody, this has been a brutal year. And no matter how, you know, how cheerful you are, there's, a, there's been a lot to be, not just the pandemic, you know, Mr. Floyd, the election season. Um, I have found myself, you know, losing my will to exist sometimes. And I'll have a cup of coffee. I get that caffeine in my brain. I'm like, you know what? Okay, I might still feel like this, but there are people in my life that need me to keep my head up. I need yeah. to be there for my wife, Caitlin. I need there to be there for my coworkers. And I know many times I went to work at the TV station and it's, 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 you know, it's not fun, but I'm like, okay, I'm going to not shut up. I'm going to distract these people or cheer them up. Um, and my friends have done the same for me. So the coffee has really, if, <laughs> the if, coffee's if, um, the fuel for it. Yeah. Love any it. coffee company like Starbucks or, or chocolate nuts <laughs> wants to underwrite WTSP, get in touch with, uh, get in touch with us. Well, we certainly, hey, we'll, we'll get, we certainly know a coffee company might near roasting. And if you use code oh, media yeah. 15, you can get 15% off and Josh, maybe we'll hook him up with some coffee. Um, <laughs> you do say not, 15% off. 15% <laughs> off and a great guy named Rusty Mountaineerroasting.com is where Will you can Rusty find that. Put, will Rusty put an IV line into my arm? They're working on that, and I think you could be the first one to uh, to, to go through the clinical trials Rusty, of the IV. Rusty, get in touch. <laughs> See Jan Cooper nowhere to get me. Yeah, I love it. We'll get him. Well, Josh, thank you. Afternoon show weekdays, 88.1 WTSQ, the status quo. <laughs> Josh Caffin, you'll find him there. Buddy, thank you for coming on. Thank you for being a supporter of us. Hey, CJ and Cooper, thank you for everything you do for West Virginia. I've seen so many people from Dream of Denver, uh, Gordon, to uh, Whitney, to all these amazing people. And the thing is, if you're in West Virginia right now and you ever start to feel down, think about CJ and Cooper. Think about this, this show. And think about all the amazing people that we do have in, here in West Virginia. And West Virginia is just as good as any other state, any other place in the country. Don't forget that. Change the narrative. Don't listen to what people outside West Virginia say because they're not only stupid, they're wrong. Amen to that. Thank you, and Josh. You're right. I appreciate hey, that. Cooper, I'll tell you this because everybody that we've had so far, Josh knows. I swear. I'm, I'm not even lying. He, he name dropped Burke Allen the other day. I said, yeah, we know Burke. <laughs> it was, my mother, listen, it's West Virginia. My mother-in-law went to high school with him. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, exactly. That's right. It was the high school connection. Oh, gosh. You're man. close to nothing but two hours from everything. So that's yep, West Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> Not a bad, that's a good thing. Love it. Well, thank you so much, Josh. Thanks, Josh. Thanks, guys. Love you guys. All right, everybody. Well, thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Mountaineer Media Podcast with Josh Gaffin, and hopefully you enjoyed it. We definitely did. As always, you know, these guests, we we are just so lucky to have so many perspectives and share so many opinions on this platform with so many unique and interesting people. So we, we love this. 40 down, 
however many to go. Not sure. We're, we're just going to keep going. So hopefully you guys stick around for the ride. Thank you for coming with us on this journey so far to this point and uh, to the moon, right? We're going to the moon. We'll see. But thanks for tuning in. See you guys. <laughs>